Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And today, Paige made us watch Just, Just Friends. Friends. Okay, so I know that we've all seen this movie before, right? Yes. Okay, so let me just ask this. When was the first time you saw it? I saw it in theaters. Oh, did you? I also did, and I texted my sister because I had like a flashback, and I was like, I think we saw this together, and she thinks that we saw it with my dad. I don't know that we did. I could be wrong. But my sister and I had a stretch of time when I could drive and she was too young to drive. Right. That we would like go to the movies on like Thanksgiving. And this came out like the day before Thanksgiving that year. So yes, I think we it saw did. it we'll on Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. Or like Super Bowl and stuff. And we would just go see movies together. So this is one of the ones that we saw together. I think I'm on the same boat page. I think me and my middle brother went to go see this together. Yeah. Like when I was in college and he was in high school. Yeah, it was 2005. Oh, then yeah that, yeah, that checks out. This is one of those movies that I have no idea when I first saw it. It's just sort of always existed for me, <laughs> which is because I've watched it so many times. There's no way for me to parse out where that journey of Just Friends started for me because I love this movie so much. Okay, so I love this movie as a comedy. Yes. It makes me laugh so much. As a romantic movie, I don't think it's a great movie. I Here's the thing. I thought we were going to run into a lot more bad friend zone stuff. But then watching it as an adult, I feel like the first time I saw this, I definitely sided with Chris. And as an adult, I'm like, no, she actually wanted to talk to him about it. Yeah. She is pretty open about the way she feels. Yeah. She is not the villain in this movie. No, he totally is. He, 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 he totally a is. Throughout the whole movie. Yes. I think that the way it ends, it resolves itself that way. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. But I thought that we would have a lot more problematic friend zone stuff too. Me too. What I didn't realize in seeing this initially and what I definitely saw watching it this time, for a while the friend zone was a thing in all movies. It was oh, yeah. widely perpetuated. And I think this movie really does seek to be like, it doesn't exist. This is you. Yeah. This is your expectations that you're putting on another person because you're not being honest. Yes. And I feel like that's kind of great. Like, it's rough to watch sometimes, but I really actually, this holds up. This yeah, I think it holds solidly up solidly holds up. <laughs> so, Mikey, do you not think this is a romantic comedy? I think this is like a straight up comedy. Okay, but you don't see it as a romantic comedy. Uh, not really. I mean, I think it's got. A, I think it's more of like a concept comedy, and they're like <laughs> mainly because 
they don't have a lot of like moments. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I almost feel like their movie starts where this movie ends. Yes. There are some more moments that they cut out of the film. If you watch the deleted scenes on the DVD that well, that we watched earlier today, Natalie and I, uh-huh. uh, there are some more moments that I wish they had left in because they are sort of sweet moments. But mm-hmm. you're right, Mikey. I feel like this is more of a bromantic comedy between him and his younger brother learning that after <laughs> 10 years apart on separate coasts, they can still love each other through the form of violence. I will say, while this is a very unrealistic depiction of romance, it is a very realistic depiction of brotherhood. Yes. <laughs> I grew up with two older brothers, man. This is, let's just say I resonated with that younger brother a that, lot. That one scene where they just beat the shit out of each other, and then he's like, can you go do this for me? Yeah, love you. Love you too. And then they like punch each other again and leave. I was like, that's it. That's yeah. what it is yeah. like. That is having a brother. And honestly- <laughs> It just made me sad. Like, I like, oh, I love this movie. I love my brothers. This is the best. I think it's very telling that on YouTube, you can find multiple super cut combinations of just them slapping (laughs) each other. Yes. Honestly, how they didn't win an Oscar, I'll never understand. <laughs> and also, the the actor that plays the younger brother, I think he's hilarious. He's only been in he's a few so things. so funny. But I'm like, he needs to be in more. He's been in like a million things in like five years. So like there was like a five-year period from like 2004 to like 2009, and yeah. that guy was in every movie. I wonder if he just didn't want to do it anymore. There are some people who get in and make enough money to where they're happy to walk away, and then they walk away. Chris Tucker. Yeah. That's why he doesn't do a ton of movies. He's like, I got money. When I need money again, I'll do another movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I was in Fifth Element. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I love Fifth Element. Hey, is that a it's romantic been... comedy? Because I have thoughts about that. It's not. Oh, but Lilo Dallas multipass page. Uh, yeah. Also, I'm like, how does she have her memories if they just cloned her finger? I mean, there's like, I have a lot of questions. Okay, we, we 100% so many. can't talk this, about this. That's not Fifth what Element. this episode's about. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the fifth podcast. Paige's fifth podcast. She's starting Oh god It's just about The fifth element It's yeah, just on The fifth element Today we examine That dark stuff That drips down Gary Oldman's face What is that <laughs> Why did that exist Anyway <laughs> This movie Just yeah. friends Oh yeah We gotta get into the movie Sorry Yeah We gotta get into the movie We open on a title card That says 1995 New Jersey And we hear A voiceover Of The main character Chris as he's basically writing out a message to his friend Jamie in her yearbook. And it is... It's painful, ooh, he should He should have had somebody proofread that. It's yeah, painful, it's, yeah. It's rough. It's Okay, okay. Is it painful or is every like romantic <laughs> letter, note, or anything people write painful if it doesn't go well? You know what I mean? Like reading someone else's romantic text or oh. like our letters or cards always I'm like oh but I've done it I've wrote a ton of those me too and I'm so glad that none of them exist and I really <laughs> hope my girlfriends from high school don't like release the DMs not even high school but like like, <laughs> like your parents get each other sweet cards and stuff and you like you read them you're like oh Oh, but like <laughs> the shit I wrote on little notes and folded up and then handed to girls in high school. Uh, like I just, I, I just really hope that Lauren, Leslie, and uh, the other one. <laughs> I think you can rest assured the other one is not gonna crop up. It was Lisa. It was I believe, Lisa. I believe if the other one is a listener, she will be releasing this. this these notes. <laughs> I had a brain fart. I'm sorry. It was Lauren, Leslie, and Lisa were my only three girls in high school that were like would even date me. How could you forget that? It's an alliteration. Anyway. <laughs> I'm tired, Paige. <laughs> it's 
It's a pretty painful note. Yes. Uh, it talks about how I feel like we're in our own little Chris and Jamie world. And as we're doing it, we're kind of sweeping over what is essentially like a shrine to their friendship. Oh, God, a shrine <laughs> is a good word. And it's not necessarily for their friendship. It's mainly for like them because it's like photos bent to make it look like they're a couple and stuff. And yeah. it's just not something a healthy person does. He's in high school. Yeah. That's not about his weight, guys. That's about his mental health. Yeah, he's at peak 27 dresses right now. Oh, yeah. And yeah. yeah. But in high school, so he's still, like, excusable. Like, you know, this is not a lot of life experience. I do feel like it's excusable, yeah. I mean, everything just yeah. hits you harder in high school because it's the first time you're, like, in love with somebody. The first kiss or right. whatever. It just It hits you harder. But as he finishes the letter in her yearbook, he looks into the mirror and sings all for ones, I swear. And I swear by the moon and the stars in the sky, I'll be there. Oh. I'll be there. I, honestly, I can't tell you how many church dances I got down to with, with that song. Ugh. We got to talk about this is Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit. It is. Oh. And I have a lot of all for one fun facts at the end. But yes. <laughs> oh, this is... my God. I'm so excited. So, so the concept of the movie is Chris. E uh, no, Ryan Reynolds, not Chris Evans. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm getting my male crushes mixed up. I whew, I would watch this with Chris Evans. I know. But yes. Ryan Reynolds in a fat suit. Every name you mentioned I'm here for. Is that Ryan Reynolds is an overweight male cheerleader who has a, a huge crush on his best friend, Jamie. Yes. Now, here's something I will say. I don't think the fat suit is necessary. Agreed. I think you could have done this without the fat suit. There are a couple kind of fat shamey joke points throughout the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. But I think he could have just been kind of dumpy and it would have had the same effect. I think you have to do a lot more work to make Ryan Reynolds look nerdy. Yeah. For sure. Agree. And I think this was kind of their shortcut to nerdiness. But I don't love that that's the target for most right. of the movie is his weight. That was pretty common in that time period. Fully. The, I mean, this is Shallow Hal came out yeah. within years of this. So, so I mean, they could have just acmed him up and gave him braces and like had him with like glasses on. Or they something. could have given him the simply dusty treatment, you know? Yeah. Which is effective. Yes. <laughs> like we'll yes. get to it yeah. in just a sec. Absolutely. Woo yeah. So his younger brother comes in and there are quite a few homophobic jokes in this Yeah, film. yeah. This is another one of the things that's sort of of the time. And th this is the only stuff that I don't feel like holds up pretty well. This is the source of right. my big guilt as an adult because okay so like this is the relationship me and my middle brother have is like we will just beat the shit of each other and then like call each other you know slurs but you know then my brother came out and i'm like holy shit that must have been so hurtful growing up i i, I, I we had a heartfelt apology oh i know i mean i'm glad you had an apology yeah. like that makes me happy right right mikey i had sort of a similar experience i mean we grew up in a time when you would just throw that word around people said it all the time it was just something that someone said first you're being stupid or whatever and i realized that that's not okay but i didn't think yeah. about that until my sister came out no it's like it's like what happens when we grow as a culture like, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, word yeah. retarded was like it used to be like the medical term that people yeah. used it then it was like widely used and then it was like no that's offensive it's right so like we you know we grow as a culture sure god but i didn't think about it until my sister came out so sort of like you and i was like oh, right wow okay 
Um, that's horrible. So like I had a very similar experience with you. That's interesting. Right. Now we still just beat each other up. We have to use different slurs. <laughs> Take that honky. <laughs> <laughs> that's our word. <laughs> but what he says is raise your hand if your brother's a homo yeah. and then raises his hand. At this point, Ryan Reynolds does one of the most realistic sibling scenes ever. And just the, get out of my room! Yeah. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen a more accurate yelling at a sibling scene, like, until I saw Pen15. There's so many of those throughout this film. I was like, man, this is so realistic. Yeah. This movie nails it. So he takes his retainer out and then, like, chugs a Diet Coke. And I'm like... Oh, man, did they set up hidden cameras of me in high school? Because, <laughs> yes. We cut to him on his bike rehearsing what he's going to say to Jamie as he rides to her house. And he's trying oh. things out like, like, Jamie, I want to be your boyfriend. Oh, Jamie, you want to kiss? And then he gets to the front gate and he says, Jamie, I'm opening your gate. Which yeah. is really funny. He locks up his bike, which is going to come into play later. Yeah. And he brings his yearbook into the party and puts his retainer in his pocket. Uh, once in the party, he meets up with his friends, Clark and Darla. This is the first time we meet them as well. I love these two. Yeah, these are good people. Yeah, Clark and Darla are great. Uh, he says, I thought it was just going to be the four of us, but it is a full-blown house party. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Darla tells him well, her parents decided to throw her a surprise party. But they also are like cheering him on. They're like, tonight's the night. She's in the garage with the football team. No fear. Yeah. Which looking back on this now as an adult, I really appreciate this. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. A, Jamie is single. He's not fighting with another person for her. Right. And everyone is basically like, you need to tell her how you feel. Yeah. And they're being supportive. And they're being supportive. And it's really great. I will say this, though. When he walks away, they look at each other like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> they're like, this is going to go badly. They're saying the right things, though. And that's what Absolutely. I love about it. And I do feel like they want it to work out, but they just don't think it's going to happen. I, when we get to it a little bit later, I have a headcanon about her intent in this scene that we don't really see. Uh, but watching it as an adult, I had very different feelings about these scenes than I did the first time I saw this movie. Well, he needs to tell her how he feels. That, that's going to create growth. So his friends are encouraging him to be honest because he can't be doing yeah. what he's doing. But yeah, yes. he's a, I mean, having no faith is also kind of a realistic yeah. expectation. <laughs> I think so too. You really just have to realize the first eight minutes of this film is a villain origin story because <laughs> yes. this sets up the person he becomes and he's yeah. Yeah, he's not a great guy. <laughs> so he goes into the garage where she's dancing with a couple different football players. Um, my favorite is him greeting people in the party as he moves yeah. through the party. <laughs> and none of them give him the time of day. They're just like, what? He gets to the garage. She immediately like attack hugs him, drags him upstairs, flops onto her bed. Like she's there to hang out with him. Yeah. Yeah. He basically immediately starts in on it where he's like, there's something I've been meaning to say. And they get interrupted first by Tim is one of the football players. I oh, love so Tim. Funny. He's one of my favorite characters in the movie because Tim is who Tim is and Tim never changes. Tim strongly resembles a guy that I dated one time. <laughs> and I didn't. It was one of those things where watching it. I was like, oh, no. Hey, <laughs> like, with or without the bald cap? Oh, no. Without the bald cap. Okay. Like with full head of hair. Okay. But um, also a bartender, though. So, you know, <laughs> so he comes up super drunk. He asks her to sign his yearbook. She says, can I do it later? He says, can, can I, I do, do you later? later? Oh, my God. Essentially, Moon walks out of the room yelling for a beer. Like, yeah. he's just 
party stereotype number one. But when he walks into that situation, they're sitting on the bed and he fully pushes Ryan Reynolds off the bed and Ryan Reynolds yes. drops his yearbook next to Jamie Palomino and then Tim grabs the yearbook and walks out thinking it's his yearbook. Because he's too drunk. Yeah. Because apparently Jamie's parents invited all the high schoolers over and provided them with alcohol. Like responsible parents. That exists. Right? There were people here who did that. Jamie's parents in this movie are terrible. <laughs> they, <laughs> they are a level of, of rough in this movie that's pretty nuts. Yeah. So they get rid of Tim and Jamie says, I can't believe I went out with him. So we know that that's like an ex-boyfriend. Which is insane because Tim is fully 40 years old. Tim is 40 yet. Everyone in this movie is is in their 30s. And also, I believe, supposed to be 28. Every main character is 28. Oh, yeah, 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 because it's 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, Next, they get interrupted by Dusty. Yeah. uh, Who is another nerd who is Chris Klein with long, greasy, stringy hair, tons of acne, and he's very nervous and very shy. He he doesn't seem well. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. Uh, my favorite in this scene is Dusty because he's trying to play her a song that he wrote for her, and he keeps messing up. He's stuttering. Yes. And and stuttering, and he just goes like, "God damn it! I got it! I got it!" I yeah. Got it. <laughs> like as if that's not gonna put people off. <laughs> it, yeah. No. Absolutely. But if you watch Ryan Reynolds in this scene, it's amazing because the whole time Dusty's like, "I wrote a song for you," he's like making these faces like, "Oh." God, like, uh-huh. oh, just leave. And then he starts to play and plays the chords wrong. And Ryan Reynolds starts to smile like, look at this. Oh, well, and the <laughs> smile turns to almost like John Lovitz in Wedding Singer of just like yeah. he's oh, losing yes. his mind and uh, I'm yes. reaping the benefits. But then Ryan Reynolds does do the honorable thing and be like, Dusty, you need to leave. This is bad. Yeah, for like you, you could come back and play for us later, but you could come back. Come back, though. Yeah, you can come back when you've learned how to play the guitar <laughs> so he he escorts him out and then jamie gives chris a present it's a t-shirt and it says shakes come and go but friends are forever and it's her and chris as cats oh my god on a shirt sharing a shake and it's a little tight yeah and he at this point just says i signed your yearbook please read it hands it to her and then he's basically gonna like give it to her and then wait for her response yeah and she starts reading and from the message we realize it's not the right yearbook it's Tim's because it starts with like stud muffin hanging out with you was like or whatever. Well, it's talking about like having sex in his truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He realizes that Tim has his yearbook. So he runs oh. downstairs and Tim is reading it out loud to the whole party. Yeah. It's terrifying. It is humiliating. It's so, so sad. And I feel terrible because he was doing the right thing. He's telling her how he feels. And before she can give it any sort of reaction, he is crucified for it. Yeah. Including the shirt. He runs away through the party. He gets outside his bike. He's trying to unlock his bike. And people are just like ripping him to shreds. As he's leaving, someone says, stupid fat ass. (laughs) Like. Out yes. of nowhere. You're like, good lord. Oh, that's so terrible. They're, that they're is so brutal. terrible. Yeah. Um, but he has to unlock the bike because he like locked yeah. it up earlier and it's just taking forever. <laughs> she comes out and what she says is, We need to talk about what you wrote. Yeah. Is that how you feel? Oh. And this part hurts me so bad because it like 
it starts to like, oh my God, she might be in love with them. Oh, wait, she's not. Okay, so this is my head canon. <laughs> right. Because of the party, I think the party ruins it. But she says, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever written to me. And then kisses his cheek and says, I love you like a brother. Yeah. And they mock him even harder. And she basically defends him of like, hey, fuck you guys. Yeah. And he runs away. And as he's running away, she said, he says, this town is full of losers and I'm pulling I'm out to pulling win, out which to is, win, which is a crazy thing to yell. <laughs> um, but then she actually and I missed this, I think, almost every other time we've seen the movie. She yells after him, Chris, let's talk. We need to talk. Yeah. Which I think for me says she was down to talk about what he wrote. So I don't necessarily know that this was a no. I think this is a case of like. He canceled himself out. This was a no. It was a no, Paige. I've got the I love you like a brother talk. This is a no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is. I mean, even if he fled the country, I mean, she would still write him a letter like, hey. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. It's a no. It's a no. It may have been the no he needed to hear that would have made this not a villain arc, but a growth moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. If he had stayed and had this conversation with her, he could have had the realization 10 years earlier that he does yes. at the end of this film. I fully believe that. But no, he just goes full on villain mode now. I don't think he's a villain villain. I think he, well, I mean, yes, he's a villain. But I think <laughs> this incident shows him never be vulnerable again. Yeah. And that's the whole problem with this whole thing. Yes, like he's absolutely. never authentic. It may yeah. be unfair, Mikey, to call him a villain. I just said that because... Oh, he's totally the villain of the movie. Well, I mean, yeah, but he's not like murdering people. He's not like a straight up right, like, right, right. horrible, yeah, yeah. horrible dude. He just is incapable from this point on being vulnerable with people, right? And he blames her for it because we hear from him a couple of the times where he blames her for the way he feels about people now. And I don't think it's her fault. No. You know, I think it's the party. I think she was willing to have a real conversation with him about it and it just never gets to happen because he's being tortured by a room of <laughs> high school students. Well, and she was fully his friend till the end and he yeah. wanted more but was not clear about his intentions and his mm -hmm. feelings. So she was operating under the assumption that they were friends and they had been friends since the sixth grade. Yeah. 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 She, I mean, Jamie Palomino is great the entire movie. And I don't know why I keep using her full name, but it's yeah. just fun to say her full name. Well, it's because everyone in the movie uses her full name. It's Jamie Palomino. <laughs> it's it's Wendy Prefercorn. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Wendy Prefercorn. Uh, are we supposed to believe that they just didn't talk after this night for 10 years? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fully okay. did not chat for 10 years. But Facebook wasn't a thing yet, so that I can see that. That's true. There are a lot of things about this movie that, like, Ubers don't exist. Facebook doesn't exist, really. But email still exists. MySpace existed. Instant Messenger existed. Uh, we're, we cannot go through every form of communication <laughs> that existed in 2000. I'm just saying it's very unlikely they didn't talk for 10 years. I don't, I don't think that's unlikely. Me either. I had a crush on a dude in high school that did not reciprocate it, and I have not spoken to him in 15 years. But were you best friends from sixth grade? To when you told yeah, him about the crush? Yeah, kind of, actually. <laughs> oh, well. I mean, like, like okay. I ended up with other people and other friends, and it's it's not the same as this movie, but, like, I don't think it's unusual, especially because they graduated. So it's not like he's going back to school the next year. I get the impression that he moves immediately. I also pulled the baller move of graduating high school and, like, never looking back. I, like, I never went back there after I graduated. Yeah, I mean. So when I go to reunions, it's, like, pretty cool. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fun. <laughs> I'm sure it is cool, Mikey. I'm sure it's cool. My reunion was fun, but yeah, I I keep in touch with a handful of people and that's it. So I don't think it's unrealistic that he doesn't talk to her. Me after either. This. So we cut to present day in Los Angeles where he is at a 
fancy Christmas party and a girl in lingerie instead of clothes is breaking up with him. She's a go-go dancer. It's a going out corset. Like it's not lingerie. It's I'm more concerned about the see-through skirt because she's in she's in like a garter belt. (laughs) Like it's not a real skirt. I mean, I think she's dressed the way she's supposed to be for the movie and her character. uh, Yes, 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 yes. But what she's saying to him is the sex is good, but I'm a person too. Like, don't you have anything to say to this? Like, it's over. And he just says, no, I think you said it all. Like, he could not care less that she is breaking up. And then she just says, Athena out, (laughs) which is a bonkers thing to say at the end of a breakup. (laughs) Although, if I ever get broken up with again, I hope Natalie says that because it'll make me laugh. (laughs) In my immense pain, I will chuckle a little bit. And he literally like gets broken up with and turns to the woman next to him. Such a baller and move. Im- oh. Immediately hits on her. Oh, yeah. And she kind of claps back at him. And he says, in some cultures, they'd spank you for that. And she says, ooh, I love to travel. And he's and like, like, oh, like, we're doing <laughs> this. Yeah. Hello. Um, and he's, I mean, he's modern day Ryan Reynolds. He's gorgeous. He's funny. He's charming. Yes, we get it. This is the movie that made me hate, like passionately hate Ryan Reynolds. Really? Yes. See, what? I love him in this movie. No, I hate him so much because he's gorgeous. He's charming. Uh, he has perfect oh, comedic yeah. timing. Like he has everything I wanted and expected to have growing up. Oh, no. <laughs> There aren't homeless people more attractive than him, Paige. There actually are. <laughs> I gotta go to L.A. Not this again. The economic downturn has hurt all of us, the hot and the unhot included. <laughs> so we cut to him playing a pickup hockey game with a friend who we never see again really after this scene. But it, for me, it's just a vehicle for him to give his advice of like basically be aloof, cut and run if it's not going to get serious. And avoid the friend zone at all costs. Basically, he sacrifices any vulnerability to avoid being hurt in the friend zone again. It is a very toxic relationship pattern. Yes. And in the next couple scenes, we see him answer like four different phone calls from women, supposedly. Where he's like, no, you, next time you call me, collect. And then like hangs up and then he's just (laughs) constantly. Yeah, what could have been said on the other side of that call that he said, next time you call, you call me, collect. I think it's prison. I think she's in prison. Oh, jeez. No, she would have had to call collect if that's the. No, I I think she was going to go to prison for being so naughty. Oh, I like where this is going. <laughs> Depending on what kind of prison you're in, you may or may not be able to. It's sex prison. <laughs> but he is full on Tucker Max in these like early scenes, right? Yes. He's like laying down the rules of, you know, like you were saying, Paige, be aloof. Always kiss her on the first date, no matter how bad it goes, which is horrible yeah. advice. Um, and don't do lunch dates, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And all of that information that he's giving to his friend guy is showcased by him flirting with a girl who's there with her friend on the ice skating rink. Right. That junk was so funny. And what he ends it on was, if you feel yourself going towards the friend zone, walk away. And then he turns and says, some chick in high school effed me up bad. Yeah. 
so he does blame her. Oh for yeah, it, which but is he's rough. which is ridiculous. He's full on villain mode. Some of that advice is okay. Like, hey, make your intentions clear. Yes. Your feelings clear. That's good. If you are, are not cool with being friends with somebody, walking away is a good thing. You don't want to stay in someone's life with, when you have other intentions that they don't want them. Right. But then blaming Jamie and all that is like ridiculous. Also playing playing the play is not right. great. Yeah. But I mean, it sets him up in this new final form, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Where he's an asshole. I mean, he's gone the full Tucker Max. Yeah. yeah. We cut to the record company where he works, uh, where his boss is the guy from Office Space and Dodgeball. God, I love this so guy good. so much. And he's, he's so good, good in everything. this film too, man. He's only in two scenes of this movie and he steals both of them. I love him so much. He's like yelling at the guy who's like scrubbing his floor. And he's like, yeah. he's like, don't dab it, scrub it. And the guy is fully just scrubbing the floor. He's like yelling right. at him. It's so funny. Oh. Uh, but he, Chris walks into his office. He asks if he's going home for the holidays. Uh, he says no. He's going to Santa Barbara. Yeah. And then he turns on a TV to reveal a commercial for Samantha James's new, essentially humanitarian pursuit. Question mark. Oh, God. Where she's pretending to be vegetarian, which is great because we will see later in the movie that she is not. <laughs> um, no, she eats tuna or tries to eat tuna on the plane and then talks about needing salmon immediately multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she is wearing a shirt that says, I heart soy. Yeah. And then in this like little TV spot, she's... She says, me and my friend Cluck Cluck, who's a chicken that she's holding. And she's like, and my friend Rafufi, which is clearly an indigenous person that does not know that they're in a commercial that she has ambushed. <laughs> well, no, because they grab the chicken and leave. <laughs> yeah, well, she just throws the chicken at them and they yeah. walk away. This is basically where Ryan Reynolds' boss is like, I want her album. And Ryan Reynolds reveals that she is a crazy person. They yeah. went on one date and he ended up in the hospital. And she has become famous because she has the highest selling poster in the country which is just her with whipped cream on her boobs eating a banana covered in chocolate she's supposed to be like a britney spears stand-in oh absolutely she's got like christina aguilera hair at the time but dressed like britney spears but she's supposed to be that kind of pop star with a little bit of like courtney love sprinkled in because she very much wants to quote unquote be a rocker but just isn't that's a hot take on courtney love i would say courtney love is a rocker oh, okay, i would say okay. th- i would say that this woman in this movie wants to be her and is just like i guess i could learn to play guitar Ooh, <laughs> like she's just ridiculous yeah. so his boss says that they want her recording contract they want to time the cd release with her new mtv reality show ryan reynolds reluctantly agrees and his boss just says make me happy go away But if you don't make me happy, I'll find someone to make me happy. And then he screams at the guy scrubbing the floor. Lobster. Get me lobster. Daddy want a fish. Daddy want a fish. I loved it. Oh, my God. Oh, and the guy runs away. It's so good. And falls on his way out. It's such a funny scene. There's so much, like, physical comedy in this movie. Like, it almost felt Buster Keaton-ish, if that makes any sense. (laughs) A little bit. There's a lot of slapstick in this movie, and I love it. Oh, man, it's so good. We cut to the recording studio where Samantha James is recording her new song, Love From Afar, which is is hilarious. Yeah. Anna Ferris acts her ass off in this movie. Yeah, she steals this movie, man. Oh, uh, her and his mom steal this movie. I feel me. the same way. His mom is amazing. But Anna Ferris, sorry, back on topic. Yes. But yeah, amazing. and she's 
she can't sing. Like, she's off key. It's terrible. Auto-tune exists, Paige. <laughs> I don't see where you are. Where are you? Where she's are just, you? Where yeah. are you? She yells at them for changing the key on her. Which, yeah, which one of you jokers changed the key? And he's like, nobody. nobody. You just suck. It's been the same for 43 takes. Yeah, that's <laughs> so right. That's right. She demands to, like, record with her guitar because I'm real, okay? And then she wears the strap incorrectly. She wears yes. the guitar like a big necklace. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. There are so many scenes of her just, like, at a 10, just yelling at people the most offensive shit and I love it. And there's, it's kind, it's pretty racist. She's a bad person, but she at one point just says, "You and Hong Kong Fooey over there," oh, just like yeah. screeching at the techs in the room, and it's insane. Yeah. And then she starts singing to them, "You guys are assholes. You're assholes." And then they just turn <laughs> off the mics in the room so they can't hear anymore. They just mute her. <laughs> oh. oh, I've done that to people in the studio. It's wonderful. <laughs> They turn to Ryan Reynolds, who has walked in on all of this, and they just say, she's all yours. Basically, like, have fun <laughs> dealing yeah. with that. She comes up and she's knocking on the glass and he's like, I can't hear you. And it takes her like a full minute to realize he oh can't my God. hear and her. And I love that he's like, oh, oh, there you go. There's the light bulb. <laughs> As he slowly starts to realize it. Yeah. God, he's so funny. So she comes around out of the recording studio section into the engineering box and just she, like tackles him and kisses him. Yeah, she tackles him tongue first, Paige. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she yeah, says, yeah, yeah. are you here because you miss me or because your boss wants to sign me? And he says, both. And she says, I want to lick your skin off. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. But I want to. But don't. But don't. <laughs> she she tackles him to the couch and she says, you're going to get it. And he says, I don't want it. And then she just goes, bad kitty. She's so crazy. And she's so amazing in this. <laughs> so oh crazy. Oh, my God. So I've dated someone kind of like this. What? Oh, my God. Mikey, tell me everything. How do you still have all your limbs? <laughs> oh, I got I to be careful how I word this because I worked with them. But, yeah, she was pretty crazy. <laughs> oh my She's, she was, like, really sweet, but, like, on a 10 all the time. And I was like, like, one time she literally, like, we were, like, watching a movie and she fell asleep and she woke up and she was like, I've got to get out of here. And then she just ran off and left. <laughs> <laughs> Is she a spy? Like, how? why? What happened? I don't know. <laughs> like, if you're going to date someone like that, you just got to ride the wave. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, my I've goodness. Been there. I have been there. Well, and that's essentially what he does, because she basically tells him, I'm supposed to go to this party in Paris that Paris Hilton is throwing. Yeah. You've got to come with me. We'll get a, on a flight tonight. We cut to they're on the plane. Wait. Or no, she starts playing her new song, Forgiveness. And his pants are like at his knees. As he's like laying yes. back in that chair. And as she starts playing the first chords of the song, his pants like drop to the floor. It's oh so God. funny to me. Like the, the comedy in that <sighs> is so funny to me for some reason. I love it. So she's playing Forgiveness. We cut to them on a private plane where she's still playing yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, Ryan Reynolds' face is just like, ugh. And the song is, I mean, her music is bad, and we don't yes. get enough of it in this movie. Like, I would love to hear the rest of her <laughs> so, album. So what you're saying is, it's bad, but we need more of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Because this song is basically just, forgiveness is more than saying sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, nuts. And she finishes it, and he just says, 
my God. And she says, you're sweet. And digs through her bag to get out a Tupperware full of ahi tuna. As she's grabbing it, she tells him that she also has a taser that her publicist gave her for stalkers. And then threatens to shoot him with it, but doesn't. Yeah. She takes the Tupperware of ahi tuna to the microwave, plops it in the microwave, still covered in foil. <laughs> and as she walks past oh. him, he just says, you're awful. Yeah. <laughs> like he just, and as she's microwaving, she says, do you think we could stop off in Ireland and like find Bono and then he could sing on it and like be all Bono me like forgiveness is the way forgiveness every day. Oh. <laughs> and the microwave catches on fire. Yeah, because you're not supposed to put tinfoil in the microwave. Right. They have to make an emergency landing where they <laughs> they're like fire extinguishing the microwave in the snow so in order to do that they would have had to pull out a burning microwave from the <laughs> airplane throw it into the snow go back and get the, the extinguisher, get the fire and extinguisher. It out. about that it's insane i like that joke oh, but then they say like who you know who's the genius that did this and she just said the container said microwavable and they're like the foil wasn't she says i'm not supposed to worry about stuff like that i'm the talent yeah, they tell them that they can't take off until the next day, right. and he asks where they are. They find out that they are an hour outside of Trenton, New Jersey, in a private airfield. At this point, she says, am I being punked? Where's Ashton? Ashton! So, so crazy. <laughs> so we know from the scene about two scenes before that his family is in jersey so he takes her home to meet his family yeah because that's kind of hey they're stuck there <laughs> might as well uh his mom opens the door and she screams in surprise and then immediately starts crying <laughs> oh, so so much this mom is a lot like my mom that's great because she's the best i know i Honestly, love she this mom is great yeah but oh my that, mom is an excited cry we did that last weekend as soon as me and kevin get the same room she's like i haven't seen y'all since last christmas oh god, god i love your mom so much <laughs> So they go inside. He goes back to his old room and sees essentially his shrine to Jamie. And he starts taking most of it down. We find out that it's been uncommonly cold this winter. Yeah. And Samantha is sitting on the couch just saying insane things to his mom where she's just like the middle class is just so like real. And she's just not a person. Like she's, right. Yeah, she isn't. She has no empathy no vulnerability. She is a cardboard cutout of a series of stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. And she is stealing this movie. It's so great. So like all LA people. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is also where we find out that it's been 10 years since he's been home for Christmas. Or home at all. Well, because she mentions that he normally flies them yes. out for it. Yeah. I really like that they took the time to explain that he hasn't ignored his family. He flew them out a bunch of times to LA. Yeah. Right. As they're talking, his younger brother Mike comes home with a stolen sign. It's like a street sign and bolt cutters. Yeah, and he's got the chain. He's got like a chain around his yeah. neck. Like he's just holding it, like huffing it in. It's so funny. So 
I did this as in high school. Yeah, of course. And brought it home. And my mom was like, oh, did you have a good night? And then we had like these like leaving in the town name. And I would like I like hit it with my truck and then stole it. I don't think it's a felony. So I think well, I, we're probably past the statute of limitations. I'm sure if we are past the statute of limitations, I would like to go ahead and report that I stole the Bonerwood Street sign three times <laughs> for various people in my high school. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's great. But his brother slaps him like he goes to go hug him and instead he slaps him across the face and just says oh my god and sits next to sam yeah tells her that he has her poster but she's hotter in person and that he just slapped his ham to it before we get to that i don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed but every time somebody tells anna ferris's character that she's hot she just says i know <laughs> it's so funny but yes he basically says i have your poster i just slapped the ham to it an hour ago and then his mom says what ham did you slap not the one i just bought which is one of my favorite my sister and i will <laughs> yes, text that to each other all the time <laughs> oh my god it's such a mom thing to say too it is what ham did you slap yeah um but this is where we find out that she's like oh i can't have ham uh i'm on the paracone diet so i need salmon like right now and she looks at ryan reynolds like it's his job to get it for her well and also where is she gonna get sam like it's nighttime. <laughs> in the middle of winter the maple bar probably has some salmon or whatever uh so he ryan reynolds just says i'm just gonna start drinking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes sam with him out to a local bar and she's being a ridiculous diva where she's like people are staring let's go no one is staring at her right everyone's ignoring her she's walking to like the bar area like oh my god i know yeah it's very exciting it's me oh my god oh yeah my god, it's oh my me god. hello yes <laughs> yeah and everyone's like what <laughs> she then picks up a plastic menu off the bar and she goes plastic menus well this won't do <laughs> yeah and like look, and looks for ryan reynolds but he has already left because he saw his friends from high school he saw his friends clark and darla and he basically asks them, how have you been? And then she pops up behind him. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're married. And she just goes, married. <laughs> and they're like, we have a kid. His name is TJ. TJ. <laughs> Where she's like pretending to be as excited, but she has no clue who they yeah, are. Or what's going on. And then she like gets in Ryan Reynolds face and is like, introduce me to your friends. Lover. Oh, that's lover. right. She does call him lover. <laughs> Ugh, I don't like that at all. So this is also where we find out that Clark's a dentist, but he introduces uh, her to Clark and Darla. Yeah. And she just says, your names are Clark and Darla. That's so cute. I want to eat you both up. And then she says, I'm going to go to the little girl's room. And then we're outie. Then points out somebody with a huge ass, kisses Darla on the mouth and walks away. <laughs> Yeah. Like she treats scenes in this movie like drive by shooting. Where she just like shows up, destroys everything, and then exits out of the scene. That's true. It's amazing. Yeah, she's so good. She's so good. Uh, while he's talking to Clark and Darla, Tim shows up now balding. Holy shit. I love oh, this so little interaction with Tim is my favorite. It's great. He says, I saw you at the Grammys next to P. Diddy. Hey, do you have $5 that I can, like, have? And then he does. He gives him $5. And then he just says, Class of 95, Woo! here's your money, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that here's your money, bitch line has made me laugh for years. Oh, so funny. As we kind of pull back from Tim walking away, um, we cut over to the bar where Jamie Palomino is bartending and Darla has caught her eye. 
and motions like it's Chris Brander. Chris sees her. She hides behind the bar, but eventually he, you know, comes over, says hi. They hug. He, she asks how long he's in town, and he basically says just the one night. Yeah. She says you can't stay any longer. As they're talking, Sam comes out of the bathroom and just says, "Let's go, Chris. There's pee on the floor," and then turns to Jamie and just goes. Yeah, like hisses like a cat and then they walk away and I lost my mind laughing because I had forgotten about it and it's (laughs) madness and I love it. You could tell me that the director had very specific choices he wanted her to make and told her to do all of that stuff and I'd believe you, but you could also tell me that all of that was her idea and I'd believe you. Absolutely. You could tell me that she just made it up as she went along like Biling and Crank 2. Yes. And I would believe you. I would, yeah. And she's phenomenal in this movie. She's so fucking funny in this movie. So they start to leave and he says, it's good to see you again. She says, give me a call. I'm living with my parents. And he says, "Okay, bye. Tim catches him as he's leaving and basically says she's aged like a box of fine wine. I like that it's a box of right, fine yeah. wine. Right. Well, and then Ryan Reynolds goes, yeah, you'd know because he's clearly <laughs> an alcoholic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Tim says, in high school, you could never get a girl like that. Now you can have whoever you want. You could definitely hit that. Yeah. Kind of dark, but that's what kicks this movie off, essentially. Yeah, sort of. He comes back over to the bar and tells Jamie that his flight might be delayed an extra day. Do you want to meet tomorrow and she says sure for lunch and he says oh like a day date and as they're kind of making plans for the next day Anna Ferris Sam is at the front door and she just screams Chris and he says I'm busy and then she says I'm busy you stupid dick (laughs) (laughs) a plus yes Uh, so he he joins her at the front door she grabs him by the crotch and then they leave Uh, he goes oh my handballs and she goes my handballs i'm like what is (laughs) what is happening right now i know uh we cut back to the house where she's asleep and he's sitting on the foot of the bed looking at old pictures of him and jamie scored to hack and sack by fountains of Wayne yeah which is like if there is a song that is this movie it is that song and it's sad and great at the same time so as he's going through the photos he finds the written out list of 100 reasons why Jamie is the best that he wrote in high school Uh, we cut over to Mike's room his brother's room which is covered in posters of Samantha like his whole wall is Samantha Uh, they get into a slap fight (laughs) And he says, I need you to do me a favor. Uh, I ran into Jamie Palomino last night. I need you to detain Samantha. And Mike is like, okay. So he tells Samantha that she shouldn't be out of touch with her audience. We got to find a cross section of your fans. Where's a good place to find that? And she says, the mall. And he goes, great, the mall. So he sends her to the mall with Mike the next day. (laughs) Basically go with one of your fans to relate to a fan. And she says, you're not coming. And he says, no, you need to do this alone. Watch your face yeah. <laughs> and then shuts the car door in her face. I do love when he's convincing his brother to help him out, which his brother wants to do because his brother wants Samantha badly. But like, yeah, he, they're like fighting and slapping each other on the bed. And then Ryan Reynolds like literally sits on his head as they're having this conversation. And he's like squeezing his face and his brother's like, you'll always be fat to me. It's like this like <laughs> insane back and forth of like them just being mean to each other. God, yes. I loved it so much. It's so, so funny. Uh, he pulls up to the Palomino house in a Porsche with chains. I know. I thought that that oh, was insane. No 
so Which, funny. It doesn't drive well either. Like you watch it and he struggles to drive it the whole time he has it, even with the chains. Um, But this is the first glimpse we get of Jamie Palomino's house. But more importantly, the Palomino award winning yard decorations. Yeah, well, because they're setting him up right here. Yep. And her dad refers to him as Mr. Valentine's Day. Yeah. And says that he used to drive all of her boyfriend's nuts till we explained that it was just her little friend, Chris. Yeah, because he would get her a dozen roses every Valentine's Day. Yeah. And then he asks, how did you lose all that weight? Was it like that, insert slur, from Subway? Yes. <laughs> because at the time, we didn't know that Jared from Subway was a terrifying pedophile. <laughs> I thought about that too. I was like, ooh, doesn't age well. Nope. So Jamie calls out that she'll be right there. So he sits back in the car and talks to what I imagine is his friend from Los Angeles on the phone. I think it was. I think it cut to him a little bit too. It does not cut to him at all. It's just one-sided conversation, but I thought it was his friend from LA too. Where he basically says, uh, I rented the nicest portion town and I'm just going to play it aloof the whole time. Yeah. Immediately you're like, that's a bad idea. Like, don't do that. Um, but she gets into the car and she just says, ooh, a Porsche. And he says, I hate it. It's so ostentatious. It's a <laughs> rental. It was all they had left. <laughs> they go to a very, very cute little diner. And it's clearly a place where they used to go in high school all the time. Because yeah. the waitress knows them. And the waitress comes over and just says, oh, you're not a chubby bunny anymore. Which is like, this waitress, I feel bad because he is a dick to her. But also I'm like, don't assume that like she's not great either. No, I feel like she is fully rude to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those pancakes look disgusting. Those pancakes are nuts. It's wild. Yeah. This is where Jamie asks him, why did you disappear? Were you that mad? Which, again, is her being like, we never talked about this. We should talk about this. I feel like she's trying to bring it back up so they can talk about it. Yeah. Kind of clear the air. I mean, maybe not like I had feelings for you. We should try this. It might be more of like a let's at least clear the air so we can be friends even if we're up on different coasts, you know? Agreed. And he says, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not a total dweeb. And she says, you weren't a total dweeb. Because the reality is she was his friend. Yeah. Regardless of what feelings she had at the time, she truly was his friend and cared about him a lot. And he, at the time, and I think now, doesn't necessarily see that level of care. He just sees not romantic love. Right. And doesn't see the value in the care that's there. But he's basically a total douche. He is mean to the waitress. The waitress brings them a giant pile of like candy pancakes of like pancakes with chocolate syrup, M&M's on it. Yeah. Whipped cream. Oh, it looks disgusting. It's disgusting. I mean, it looks good, but it like it's too rich. Yeah. And and he basically is like, I can't eat this. And he's kind of a dick to the waitress about it. I do think there's probably a better way to handle that of just like, thanks for this. Can I also get a salad? (laughs) Yeah. Can I also place an order maybe? Yeah. Because she never lets them order. She just brings the things they always used to order. And he's like, do you have any idea what this would do to my stomach? Yes. (laughs) I haven't had this kind of stuff in forever. Right. And he is name dropping and just kind of trying to brag and make his life seem very, very cool. He gets a phone call from the coast. The coast. Which is really just his brother calling him from the mall. But yeah, he pretends it's the coast. Uh, And we find out that she's bartending at the Maple while she's studying to be a teacher. And that she had moved out of the area and just moved back. Yeah. At the mall where his brother is with Samantha, she's writing a song called Mall People. (laughs) 
<laughs> which is just oh god which is so good <laughs> mall people they come and go mall people they just don't know we're basically seeing mike calling chris at the diner and he just says i want to run an idea by you what if i went to paris with samantha yeah. and he's like no and he's flipping the taser around like yeah. he's just tossing it and right. accidentally engages the taser it tases samantha she falls over the railing down to the first floor at the mall. People scream. The sound effects of after her oh, fall it's so good. are amazing. Because there's just, you just hear a voice like, oh, my God, <laughs> from the bottom floor. So, so funny. We cut back to the diner. And this is where he just kind of continues to be a douche. Clearly, Jamie Palomino is not having fun on the date. Oh, not at all. Yeah. She's kind of like, thanks for lunch. It was good seeing you again, I guess. Bye. He goes in for a kiss, but instead ends up giving her like a hand shake. shake. It's a whole body shake. Yeah. It's a whole yeah, body shake. And, shakes yeah. Her. Yeah. and says, take care. He goes and sits back in the car and freaks out. And then she just knocks on the window because she left her gloves in the car. I love that part so much. So he hands them back to her and then he goes directly to Clark's office where he basically recaps the date. Yeah. And Clark says, well, you picked up where you left off. Basically, like, you're in the friend zone again. Yeah, you're back in the friend zone. And I would argue, I think it's only because he was an aloof douchebag. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, he hasn't seen her in 10 years, and that was their mm -hmm. first, like, interaction privately. Like, what did you expect to happen? Like, you yeah. have realistic expectations. Uh, he gets home, and Mike is sitting on the porch, and he just says, we've got a bit of a problem. <laughs> we walk inside, and we see that Samantha has... Has an ice pack strapped to her head and she is eating toothpaste. Oh, it's so gross. And Mike says, she's got a bit of a headache. It's not that bad. She's fine. She's got her toothpaste. She's just loopy from all the Vicodin. And he says, where did you get all the Vicodin? And then he just says, from mom. And then we don't have any other information about that. Yeah. It's never addressed again. That's a thread we don't want to pull too hard. No. Um, but he says, you said detain her. She's detained. Yeah. And Chris gives him a wedgie and rips his underwear out oh, the back of his pants. Yes, <laughs> atomic wedgie. He, he tackles him, uh, spits a loogie onto him, and his phone rings. It's his boss. They call a truce, but then his brother slaps him while he's on the phone. Uh, and his boss basically says, how's my future star doing? And as he's talking about Samantha, like, oh, she's fine. She, like, orbs up over his shoulder. Yeah. It's yeah. so fucking and she funny. Just, smushes a, a mouthful of toothpaste onto his cheek and it's so gross and if you think about where the younger brother was all of that would be going on to him as well they don't show that <laughs> yeah it, it would be dropping onto like his shoulder yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely oh so funny we cut back to the palomino household where they light their decorations and their yard is insane yeah. and my favorite is the San they have an animatronic Santa that says things like, and it's basically like, Merry Christmas. It's a Palomino Christmas <laughs> again, is what it says. Yeah. Which is I didn't notice yeah. that. nuts. But he calls Jamie and says, I can't get a flight out, so I'm stuck here for another day. I just want to apologize. Let's go ice skating. And his mom, see, this is back when a, you have a landline and you would have multiple phones on the same yes, landline. Yeah. But his mom picks up the landline and thinks that she's dialing her friend and just says, <laughs> Hello, Joyce. 
And he basically says, Mom, I'm on the phone. She says, Chris, what are you doing at Joyce? <laughs> I'm not, Mom. I'm 10 feet away from you in the living room on the phone. <laughs> okay, well, what would you like for dinner? <laughs> like, just, he goes searching for his ice skates and his mom's like, well, I gave them away because you haven't been here in 10 years and you hated skating. Oh, and then she sings a banger of a song about being yourself. Because <laughs> he says, I need my skates to show off my talents. And she says, you don't need to show off for Jamie. Just be yourself. Be yourself. And then he goes, I don't want to be myself. And she just says, Come on, Mikey and I are making snow angels. And she runs off around the back of the house, never to be seen again. Oh. He picks up a box with his snow globe collection. So it's just more of him kind of discovering the person he used to be, yeah. I guess. A sensitive soul. A sensitive soul. We cut to them ice skating and he's struggling with the rental skates and he's kind of being a douche about it. But this is where we yeah. find out that Jamie is single and he accuses her of dating jerks. And she says, well, how about you? Are you in love with anyone besides yourself? And he says, no, nope. <laughs> which is <laughs> so pretty funny, funny. which is the first time he's been honest with her since he's been back. Yeah. And it's played for a joke. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they go in for a kiss and bonk heads. Yeah. She slides across the ice into a pile of children who she was their substitute teacher. Yeah, and they love her. They love her. Yeah. They're playing a pickup like children's hockey game and they're like, we need a couple extra. She volunteers Chris and he's like, yeah, but I'm in these rental skates. And they just start chanting a good skater can skate in anything. Yeah. And he's the worst on the f he's getting his ass handed <laughs> to him. Oh, this little girl comes over there and starts punching him and like calls him a pussy. And it's like, yeah, because he's so bad. And they get mad at him. They're like, don't cuss in front of the kids. And they're like nailing him in the crotch yeah. and like high sticking him. It's nuts. Oh, one of them comes in and just hacks him in the leg. Yes. It's hilarious. I mean, if they do that, you have free reign to beat them up. Well, and that's what happens, Mikey. I do feel like this is a severe Mikey moment when he finally <laughs> gets like to, he's about to like slap shot and what happens happens. But like when he hauls back and punches that kid in the helmet, I was like, I, I feel like so I'm watching Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing a helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he knocks all the kids out. He shoots for the goal. The puck ricochets off the top bar of the goal and then hits him in the mouth. Yeah. The ambulance shows up and Jamie falls backwards into the arms of an EMT. Turns out it is Dusty Dinkelman, who goes by Dusty Lee now. Yeah. From the party earlier. But now he's like Chris Klein as we know him. Yeah. Like right. clear skin, cut jaw. Yeah, he's a handsome dude. He's dusty. Yeah, simply dusty. Simply dusty. <laughs> and so he tells her basically, hey, I just moved back to town. My skin cleared up. I lost my stammer. I play a mean guitar. They accidentally lose their grip on the gurney. So funny. And it toboggans down the hill and like smashes his face against the ice. It's nuts. They get him. They finally get him into the ambulance and Dusty and Jamie are kind of like almost flirting over him where she gives him her phone number uh, like over Chris's body. Uh, a tank in the ambulance falls off and nails him in the crotch. It's so funny. It's just brutal. I mean, you can hear him like yelling, even though he's got that stuff in his mouth. He's like, yeah. there's bullshit. It's so funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we cut to the dentist office where Clark is basically like, oh yeah, Dusty works in this building. He's a nice guy. You know, he's kind of like, he's not the nerd he was in high school. Right. You've got competition. And he basically implies that Jamie's into him because he's nice and not a douchebag, or at least that's what it seems. Right. Right. 
And so at this point, Ryan Reynolds is like, well, I'm going to show her the biggest pussy she's ever seen <laughs> and puts in his retainer. So I, I think it's really interesting that this movie essentially slowly transforms him into the person he was back when they were friends. Right. Yes. So he comes home. Or rather, we cut back to his house. Samantha is no longer concussed and eating toothpaste. She's back to normal. Uh, and Mike is trying to make her feel better with snacks and magazines. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm being a bitch. I'm just supposed to be in Paris and I'm not. My sidekick broke. And she's like, I haven't had sex in like forever. Oh my God. And then she turns to him and says, how old are you? And he says, 22. I mean, 2019. I'm 18. Which... I don't know if he is or not. Yeah, I don't I don't think he is, but that's it's I don't think he is either. The movie doesn't fully tell you. Uh but she purrs at him and then he tries to purr back and can't do it where she's just like <laughs> and he's like <laughs> and she asks him she's like so you really have my poster on your wall and he's like yeah she's like how many times do you like <laughs> and he says eight before he can like yeah. think about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> And she's like, oh, my God, eight? And he's like, gets really oh embarrassed. Oh, my God. And then she's like, that's hot. <laughs> and he says, you're hot. And she says, I, I know. know. <laughs> uh, so, essentially, he starts giving her a back massage while she's topless. With the most baby oil he could find anywhere. Like a whole bottle. I do love that she's like, more, more, more. Oh, that's enough. That's enough. More. That's enough. <laughs> stop, 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 that's enough. Meanwhile, Chris arrives outside, and their neighbor greets him. They're like, Merry Christmas, neighbor. And he just picks up a snowball and pelts him with it. I love that part so much because it's such like a throwaway thing, no pun intended. It's so it's unfunny. So funny. Yeah. Chris comes in, he pulls Mike off Samantha and he says, I was getting you food and he holds up like an energy bar. Yeah. Like that's all the food she was going to eat. But she and his brother make fun of him for his retainer. Yeah. Tell him that he looks like a doofus. It's so funny. Um, he starts to strangle his brother, but his mom calls because he's received a get well package from Jamie with a card that has hearts like uh, hugs and kisses in it. Yeah. And his brother says, mom writes that on my cards. And then they proceed to have a slap fight. This oh is the one God. where they like out and out fight until he almost knocks him unconscious. <laughs> like, oh, it's so it's, good. I, uh, I broke my middle brother's arm once. What? Ooh. So my brother, this was a self-defense injury, by the way. I oh, that, yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure that's what you told the police. <laughs> yeah, I've my mom has never been as mad as she was that night because we, like we were fighting over like the computer like we were supposed to trade off every hour or whatever yeah i was like it's my turn and then like he started throwing punches and i caught his hand and it like broke so my mom had to go to the er but she was like this isn't who we are we're not white trash you guys are such trash <laughs> She like lost her shit. It was so funny and oh terrible. My God. And like, you know, he'll bring it up like all the time to this. He's like, you know, I yeah, you broke his arm. Mikey. Oh, yeah. Because like and he's a doctor. So he's like, you know, I was going to be a surgeon. <laughs> I honestly, we need to interview your brother because I want his side of the story because I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I threw a punch at Michael. He caught my hand and it broke my arm. I'm sure there's some actual action on your side that broke his oh, arm. Oh, man. Anyway, after he dispatches with his brother, he walks off sniffing a scented candle. Uh, he calls Jamie. And as he's waiting for her to pick up, he's like, total pussy. You're the biggest pussy on planet Earth. <laughs> she answers and he says, do you have any plans tonight? And she says, well, the Revival Theater is showing the notebook. Now, here's what's really interesting, because The Notebook only came out like a year or two before this right? movie yeah. did. So 
I don't know why it's at the Revival Theater, but whatever. So call waiting buzzes in. It's Dusty. She buzzes over to Dusty. Meanwhile, his brother Mike hops on the other line and is criticizing everything that he's like all like the notebook. Oh, my God. She comes back on the line and he basically finalizes plans for them to go see a movie and get tea after and she says well you're on my way I'll pick you up he hangs up the phone kicks in the door to his brother's room oh it's like perfectly cut screams though because yes he kicks the door open and then the little brother goes mom (laughs) (laughs) and and we we cut away from the scene but we assume that he just beat the shit out of him oh my god it's so funny but obviously he's got a problem he's got to get rid of samantha and so he's telling samantha i'm trying to nurture you as an artist but you're a pop person and she's like i am an artist and i was born ready so he puts her in the car with his brother oh my god can i just say this because he's like letting them take the porsche right so she assumes he's going with her but if you look his brother was by the garage like further into the house in the dark and he literally skips up like (laughs) like, with his arms moving up like it's such an awesome funny choice and he grabs the car keys sits down and turns the car on and then she notices what happened (laughs) right oh my god it's so funny and she says, you're not coming with me. And he says, I'll meet you there. Uh, and he tells his brother, it's an open mic at the coffee house. And he says, the coffee house is lame. Think fast. And then he like three stooges style pokes him in the <laughs> eye and drives off. We cut back into the house where Chris is getting ready. He's got his clothes and everything laid out. And I swear is playing in the background yes. still. Yes. Jamie shows up with mistletoe and hugs his mom. Yeah. It's very, I mean, it's clearly like a festive fun thing. We cut back to Chris who drools because he's wearing his retainer and both Jamie and his mom are like, oh, (laughs) then in walks Dusty because he basically says, I love the notebook. Yeah. And Jamie is like, is it okay that Dusty came? And he is like, yeah. Then Dusty invites his mom to go with them, which is so funny. Yeah. We cut to the theater where they're watching The Notebook, noted murder-suicide film. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And all around the theater, couples are cuddling. Jamie and Dusty are crying, and so Jamie holds Dusty's hand. Oh. Chris's mom is crying, so she reaches over and holds his hand and just goes, oh, peanut, <laughs> and it gets me every time. <laughs> so funny. We cut to the metal shop, which is formerly the coffee shop, so like the open mic that she thought she was going to is not the same one. Oh, it's so funny. And she's getting brutally heckled. Uh, Dusty drives everyone home, and he basically is like, man, I hope we can all do it again soon. Thanks. Uh, and then he... <laughs> essentially Chris tries to take out his retainer and he's like oh make sure you wash that twice a day put it back put it back in your mouth <laughs> and everyone his mom and Jamie are like put it back put it back he invites them all in for Coco uh, but Dusty has to go back to the hospital so he and Jamie go inside and have Coco and look at their old movies and pictures she is Jamie is clearly enjoying it and for me this is a scene to basically be like Jamie loved him as a friend, at least, even when he was younger and weird. Right. She loved him for who he was. Yeah. And he eventually, over the course of the scene, because he starts out not laughing at it, and by the end, he's laughing too. And so it's almost like he's kind of starting to love who he was a little bit. So he goes to drive her home in his mom's car, because uh, Mike and Samantha have the Porsche, 
and he found one of their own mixtapes. And they basically sing and dance all the way back to her house. He walks her inside and his phone rings and it's Mike from the metal shop where Sam dives into the audience and beats the shit out of a metal head. I love, she's like, it's not funny now, is it? I love that. She's so good, man. So good. We cut to the next day, which is Christmas, and Sam is asleep, and Mike and Chris are talking behind her. Uh, Mike has Christmas cookies. He gives one to- This is when you can really see the brotherly actual right. love stuff, and I love right. this part, yeah. Truce, I love you. <laughs> yeah. This part like legit makes me a little sad. Like I'm like, oh, I love my brothers. And Chris takes out a list of 100 reasons why Jamie is great, and he puts it in a Christmas card and basically tells Mike, if Sam wakes up, tell her I went to go find Bono. And he's like, I want to see Bono, and he's like, I'm not actually seeing Bono. It's a like, lie. part of this, yeah. didn't you understand? <laughs> so he leaves, but as he goes outside, he realizes that Mike left all the windows of the Porsche open, oh, so yeah. it is now frozen. And so Chris has to ride his bike to Jamie's house like old time's sake. Inside Jamie's house, Dusty is playing like concert level acoustic guitar. <laughs> like not only can he now play, but he's amazing. Oh, yeah, he's crushing it. He's done a lot of practicing. And then he pulls out a double necked guitar. Yes. And plays a song just for Jamie. This is the first time we hear Jamie smiles. Oh, my God. Well, we hear we heard it a little bit in the very, very beginning, yeah. but badly. <laughs> when Jamie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is the first time we actually hear him singing it. Chris feels like he's defeated. He leaves the card with the list on the table. Meanwhile, back at the house, Mike, his brother, is in the bathroom. And Sam just, like, orbs up behind him <laughs> in the mirror. Yeah. Like, he opens... He looks in the mirror, opens it, closes it, and she's behind him like a horror movie. I know. It's such a classic jump scare. It's so <laughs> funny. I love it so much. Uh, meanwhile, back at Jamie's house, he's talking to Clark, and he's like, I can't compete with, like, he's playing the song for her. Like, I can't do it. And Clark basically is like, you're Chris Brander. It's Dusty Dinkleman. Yeah. Dinkleman's going down. <laughs> so Chris goes outside to talk to Jamie while they're caroling. And as he does so, his mom's car comes crashing through the decorations. His brother leans out the window and screams, the jig is up. Run! Oh, no. But he's got oh, this God. like wonderful, like high pitched screechy yeah, like, scream. <laughs> it's so good. Sam oh, gets out of the God. car, stomps across the yard and just says, you son of a bitch. Is this the slut you've been banging behind my back? Oh my God, Santa's yeah. little whore. I'm going to get you fired. And so she, he basically walks up and says, well, what about your song? Forgiveness. And she says, forgive this asshole. Punches him in the throat. <laughs> that was so funny. Because you think he's going to get punched in the face. He just grabs his throat and falls to his knees. <laughs> yeah, she's right in the throat. Yeah. And then she just says, I hate this town. Gets back in the car and drives away. But as she drives away, the car snags a string of Christmas lights, <laughs> yeah. which slowly pulls literally all the decorations down, including a flaming reindeer that is then dragged behind her car down the street. It is mayhem in this front yard. It turns from a winter wonderland to like the most insane hellscape. It's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah. So we cut back to Chris gets home and he's listening to his phone messages and Samantha has left tons of messages where the first one's like, I talked to my sponsor and like, maybe that wasn't great. And then the next one is just like, please, Chris, call me back. And then the third one's just like, call me back, asshole. And then the last message is his mom. And it's just, 
Hello, Joyce. Joyce? Which yes. means that she would have had to like call his cell phone number and think it was Joyce, which makes no sense, but it's really funny. I think what we should be talking about in this movie is the intervention they should be having for his mother's Vicodin addiction. <laughs> but we never get to see that. Do you think Joyce is her dealer? That's so funny. No. Yeah. I do. <laughs> Clearly, it's Dusty. Uh, so Jamie shows up at his house, and he basically says, I'm sorry, I'll pay for everything. And she says, I'm not here to collect. I just want to talk to the guy who wrote me this, and it's the list of 100 reasons why Jamie's the best. So she clearly found the card that he yeah. loved. They basically have ice cream and look through their yearbook and all the pictures he has of them together. And he finally kind of admits that he was a douche because he was nervous and lame. Yeah. Like he he kind of yeah. is like, I'm sorry, I was an aloof asshole. This whole part is their only like romantic comedy, romantic comedy part. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, again, I do think their movie starts at the end of this yeah. movie. But she does ask him, is your life everything you wanted it to be? And he basically is like, I always thought that if I could have like all the money and the girls and this body, that my life would be great. And it is. <laughs> I love it. He's just like, yeah. And he asks her kind of where she sees herself in 10 years. And she says she sees herself teaching, getting married and raising a family. And he says, it's late. I'll take you home. And she says, or I could sleep over like old times. So she kind of gets into pajamas, climbs into bed with him. I feel like she's clearly putting out sig signals that she wants to sleep with oh, him. Oh, for sure. I definitely think so. Yeah. But he's not sure. And so he chickens out and they just go to sleep and he has kind of a voiceover that's like heckling him about yeah, it yeah but one of the voiceovers is well what if she wants to stay friends and this is probably the first time that he addresses the idea that she might want to stay friends and he cares about that yeah and that he wouldn't want to ruin it so he just sleeps next to her and we get the second movie in the row in a row where someone has a clapper <laughs> oh shit yeah they don't use it to as good of effect in this movie no as they did in holiday though right uh we cut to the next day and jamie's actually jamie's talking to darla and she's actually kind of mad that he didn't make a move yeah. but also she didn't make a move because she didn't know what to do and she basically gets to like well maybe i don't compare to la girls like we're and he we cut to him and clark and we realize that the reason he didn't make a move he's like well what happens then does she come to la do i come here yeah because it's yeah. not just enough for him to sleep with her either they're going to be friends or it's going to be more but there's he can't just sleep with her yeah. basically is what he's come to and so he says i'm right back in high school again i gotta walk away and so he's gonna leave he's gonna fly out on their way down through the lobby they run into dusty who's singing basically jamie's song to a nurse named janice yeah. and just replaced jamie's name with janice janice smile the funny thing about Janice is she's in a sexy nurse costume. Like, she's not in scrubs. She's clearly in, like, a Halloween costume. Ugh. But they confront Dusty about it, and he's like, well, Jamie's just another bee in the hive. Yeah. And he's like, cut the nice guy. Like, you're also trying to sleep with her. It's pretty sweet revenge. Yeah. It's awesome. And then he sits down on a couch and steals another patient's apple juice yes. and just drinks it. Who's in like a catatonic state. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then Clark is just like, it's the man's juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is basically the first time we see that Dusty is fucking evil. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, straight up evil. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to they're driving to the airport clark is telling him about the daycare that they're looking at for tj chris jerks the wheel to go 
back to town, Clark screams, Mariah Carey, as it jerks across the freeway. (laughs) For no reason. Yeah, once they're back and not going to die from swerving across traffic, he just says, this is a Pontiac Grand Prix. (laughs) We could have just taken the exit, turn around. Um, but he basically says, I can't let Dinkelman get away with this. So they show up to the Palomino's house where it is a war zone. Oh, yeah. There's like scorch marks in the yeah. snow. Oh, it's so funny. They have somehow managed to like burn snow yes. in this yard. <laughs> <It's really funny. laughs> I love when he goes to the door and knocks on the door and like Mr. Palomino comes to the door. Right. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'll pay for all of this. And then the flaming reindeer falls behind him. And he goes, <laughs> and that. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, but he says, I need to talk to Jamie. And he says, Jamie's off with Mr. Lee. And Clark says, the dry cleaner. (laughs) And then, which is racist, but great wordplay. And then they're like, no, Dusty. Like, what are you talking about? We cut to, it looks like a church, but I think it's actually the school. Oh, I thought it was a church. Okay. It could be either because it looks like it's her class of kids. But that could very well be Sunday school. Yeah. Who knows? Regardless, Dusty is playing Christmas carols for the children. The kids love him. Uh, He plays Jamie Smiles. Chris walks in and pulls Jamie basically backstage to try and tell her about what he saw earlier that day. Yeah. And Dusty peeks through the curtains backstage and just says, would you like to join us in a carol to celebrate the birth of our Lord? And he tackles Dusty. (laughs) They get in a fight. The children are cheering for Dusty and they're trying to see if Dusty's okay. And while they're not looking, he like flicks his tongue to basically be like, ha ha, it was all a ruse. I'm still very evil. (laughs) I love that he does that and then goes back to like pretending to be passed out. (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, We cut to, he's back in the car with Clark and Clark is basically saying, don't sweat it. We'll go to the maple tonight. It'll be fine. Yeah. Chris goes back into his house. He grabs his suitcase, walks out, and we cut to him sitting at the bus stop with Tim drinking. The bus arrives. He gets thrown off the bus for being drunk, literally in front of the maple. Because he's badgering the bus driver to pull his finger. Did you hear that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love that. That was so funny. I mean, he's drunk at this point, though. He's living that Tim life. Living that Tim life. He gets <laughs> tossed off the bus in front of Jamie's work, yeah. the maple. He walks inside and Dusty is going to play there tonight. And he walks up to Jamie and basically says, I just want to apologize. And she calls him an asshole. And Dusty pops over and is like, hey, man, maybe you should go sleep it off. But then leans in and is just like, it's you lost your chance, man. Yeah. Like now I'm going to do it. Yeah. Like, uh, he picks up one of Dusty's albums that he's trying to sell. And it just says simply Dusty. And he just says simply Dusty. Is there any other kind? Which <laughs> so good. And Jamie says, hey, you don't need to worry about anything between Dusty and I. Like that's not your business. Dusty and I are friends. And Dusty says, I hope for not much longer. Yeah. And Jamie turns and is like, what did you say? And he said, well, I thought we could take the next step. And then she is very upfront and very clear about her feelings and just says, I think you're nice and charming and sweet, but I don't feel that way about you. And then he says some of the grossest shit I've heard. It's insane. But he kicks it off with. F this, I'm mobile. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yes. But he like says, what kind of person would you have to be to have let me write a song for you and not put out? I was like, oh my God, that's insane. 
Yep. He walks out of the bar. He doesn't just walk out of the bar. He walks up, smacks a chick on the butt, Mm -hmm. and then like flexes towards her boyfriend or whatever. He just goes, what? Yeah. (laughs) It's really funny. And it just walks out. It's insane. He's an untethered monster. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. His album should be called Dusty Unchained. Dusty Unchained. (laughs) And at this point, Jamie is like, why are you messing with my head? And he's like, Oh, me, you've been torturing me since high school. You're the biggest tease and you peaked in high school, which is he says horrendous things to her. Yeah, I I was like, this is super mean. And here's the thing. Jamie has been honest this whole time. If anyone is playing with or torturing anyone, he is torturing her because he hasn't been honest with her even up till now. Yeah. Uh, He gets on the flight home to L.A. He gets to his house. He throws his luggage over basically a cliff. And throws a fistful of cash into the passenger side window of the taxi driver, too. Yeah, just like a handful. But you're right. He does throw his luggage off the cliff and you hear like a car alarm going off and like a crash down there. It's so funny. He walks through an amazing house. Yeah. And who is waiting there but Samantha? I I love her explanation. He's like, how did you get here? And she goes, oh, my bodyguard let me in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he says no. And she's like, what do you mean no? And he basically says, this isn't about you. And she says, well, you can have any other girls. Like, I like girls like Darla. (laughs) And he says, I don't want other girls. I want one girl. And it's not you. And she tases it. Yeah, (laughs) right. In the nuts. In the nuts. He grabs her, which transfers the current. So she gets a bit of a shock, too. Yeah. And tackles her. And she says, yeah, it's go time. And he says, that's not how this works. You can't torture people into liking you. You just have to put yourself out there and hope people like you back. Yeah. Which is like he's finally learned it, basically. And she says, I'm sorry I'm not boring. And I'm sorry I'm not poor. (laughs) 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 Crazy. So he flies back to New Jersey. Gets to the bar for New Year's, but Jamie's not there. He goes to her house where she's watching the ball drop alone. He, She initially slams the door in his face. Yeah. And he apologizes. He's yeah. like, I said a bunch of terrible stuff. I haven't been a good friend. And I was afraid to be your friend because I'll always want more. But I'd rather have you as a friend than not at all. And But it's basically him being completely honest yeah. for the first mm-hmm. time in the whole damn movie. Yeah. She's like, why are you here? And he's like, I want to take you on a date. And I start sobbing. This is where I cry in this movie. Yeah. They finally kiss. And then we cut to the kids who are in her class next door watching them. And it basically plays out where one of them allegedly is in the friend zone. I feel like you could cut this last scene with the kids out. You You absolutely could. Yeah. Uh, But. That's, That's the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Roll credits. What yeah. did you guys think about it having seen it many times at this point and talked about it? Do you guys still love it? I still love this movie. Same. Yeah, I still love this movie. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and so I wasn't sure if it was going to hold up, but it holds up. I love this movie. This is a movie I watch every year. Natalie and I watch it every year, and it is fun every time. There are some stuff like that we pointed out that is a little problematic because... Times have changed. It's been 15 Mm -hmm. years since this movie came out. God, I feel old. (laughs) But yeah, it's great. It is really great. Yeah, so you guys want to hear about the alternate ending? 
Yes, please tell us. Okay, so the moment he goes back to L.A. the first time, the same scene where he throws the cash into the cab driver, throws his luggage off, and mm-hmm. hits the car below, he walks in, but instead of Anna Ferris being there, it's three women, and they're, like, playing with a beach volleyball on his, like, back patio area. That's right, because it he, was in the trailer and gets cut from the ending film. Yes. yes. It doesn't really quite explain who these three women are, but it seems like he's dating all three of them at once, and they're, like, on board for that. And anyway, so he like goes on the balcony, they start drinking and he starts talking about how like he has this great New Year's Eve planned for them and all these great things they're going to do. And then someone's like, do you have any tunes we could listen to? And he's like, yeah, of course I do or whatever. So they put on Dusty CD because one, <laughs> one of them reaches into a bag and pulls out Simply Dusty and puts it on. And then that <laughs> triggers like all this emotion in him and he starts like confiding in them like the story. And then like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so that is what eventually gets him to go back uh, New Jersey to see. Oh, I, like, I like that too <laughs> I, I do like that I think it doesn't hold as much weight Because we don't know those women I feel the same too Also there's another bit that they took out of the ending That I love And it's Ryan Reynolds at his office Getting off the elevator And his boss is there like yelling at yes. him Like what did you do I can't believe you did this Like the only thing I could do to describe someone Who did what you did is Genius As, yeah, as they're yeah, walking yeah. to that big lobby area And he goes I don't know what you did but you tortured her in just the right way that she wrote 10 of the most angsty power ballads <laughs> you could ever believe. It's going to be a huge hit. And we see her down there like playing piano and like singing this song. And it's actually, it's not great, but it's not forgiveness, you know? Yeah, he like Gwen Stefani'd her. Yes, basically. absolutely. It's so oh, funny. So it funny. is so, so funny. <laughs> There's also a deleted scene with Alanis Morissette in this because Ryan Reynolds and Alanis Morissette were dating at the time. And I yep. really wish they had left that in because she is a delight. But they cut it out for time, I think. Yeah. But Paige, Mm -hmm. do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Noise. So it took four hours every day to put the fat suit on Ryan Reynolds. Oh, my gosh. Which, like, after learning that even more, I'm like, you didn't need it. Yeah. Like, you didn't need it. Why put him through that? Uh, But one of the times he was wearing it, he stepped outside in full fat suit makeup and a fan came up to him and asked if Ryan Reynolds was inside on set, didn't recognize him. Oh, that's so funny. And he said yes and pretended it wasn't him. Oh, that's <laughs> he was just amazing. like, oh yeah, if you go into craft services. That's amazing. Uh, so for Anna Ferris to keep up with Samantha's like energy level and aggressiveness, she just continually chugged Red Bulls before every scene. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Just like hyped up on caffeine the whole yeah, time. That sort of explains the energy levels there. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, in a deleted scene, Alanis Morissette plays herself. Yeah. And again, it was because they were dating. And in every scene that we see actors inside a car, one of the car windows is rolled down, even though we've set up that it's super cold. And this is most likely because the window caused a glare and the audience would have been able to see the camera, which is something I talked about on Horror Virgin this week. But like, that's why that happens. So you see the Porsche's windows down all the time. There's not a ton of other fun facts, but I did try to look up how much it costs to have a private jet from Los Angeles to Paris. Okay, okay. And domestic charter flights like that start at $6,000 per leg. Oh, man. So round trip would have been... 12 within the u.s oh i would say internationally double that probably so that's yeah. like a twenty thousand dollar flight essentially that's insane that's wild also from an episode of mythbusters 
Aluminum foil will probably <laughs> not make your microwave catch on fire, but it will probably break your microwave. Yeah, it'll short it out or something like that. I yeah. remember that episode vaguely. Are you guys ready for some all-for-one fun facts? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, I fell into a deep, deep all-for-one rabbit hole. I love it. Um, Because I Swear is a great song. It is. Uh, they had other great songs at the time as well. And so I was looking for, as we were trying to work on the theme song for this episode, I was looking for videos of them singing it. And I found a video of them singing it live recently. And I was like, that's weird because it was from like nine months ago. So basically at the beginning of coronavirus, they were singing this live. And it's the original lineup. And they still have it. It sounds exactly the that's same. Awesome. I'd see them in concert. Fun fact, the reason they were doing it live and they were doing it on a bunch of TV shows live right around nine months ago is because they were supposed to have a Las Vegas residency that got canceled because of coronavirus. So like, go give all for one all the love you can because they deserve it. They still slap and they can't have their Vegas shows. They slap like like the Christmas ham. (laughs) What ham did you slap? Not the one that I just bought. But those are our fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. You guys want to do some box office? Yeah, I'll yes. just do it. So I don't actually have the budget for this movie. I looked for it and could not find it anywhere. It came out on November 25th, 2005. So literally a month before Christmas, the day after Thanksgiving. And it was 6th that week it came out. The number one movie that week was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. And then Ooh, makes sense. Walk the Line. Mine, Yours, and Ours, Chicken Little, Rent, and then Just Friends was number six, and it made $9.1 million at the box office that weekend, but went on to make $42 million worldwide. Wow, okay, that's not bad. No, it did It did pretty well, and then it made another $26 million in the home market uh, arena, so it did well. It got legs, yeah. Yeah, it did well. Yeah. I mean, people still talk about this and watch this movie. It's great. It's true. I mean, but for because it got terrible reviews. That's another thing. The, the reviews on this movie are terrible, and they're by people who don't understand joy. Yeah. But given the reviews and how kind of small of a movie this is, I would have thought that it was going to make five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred dollars. Oh my god! <laughs> Hell yeah, with that rent shit. I love it, Paige. Hell yeah. Ooh. Get it. Uh, that was amazing. Get it. But yeah, so that's box office. I love this movie. Yeah. It endures forever. It's so great. So do you guys think they uh, stayed together? I think they did. I think they did too. I think they did. I definitely think they could have. She would have had to have moved or he would have had to have given up his job and moved home. I think he gives up his job and moves home. Yeah, I think so too. I think he gave up yeah. his job and moved home. Also because the recording industry collapsed like four years after this. Yeah, he fully would have lost his job anyway. I would love to see a more serious, dramatic, romantic comedy with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Elizabeth Smart, who I've had a crush on forever. You mean Amy Amy Smart? Smart. Amy Smart, yes. I'm sorry. Elizabeth Smart was a kidnapped child. Yes. So that is a bit (laughs) of a misnomer there. So I've had a crush on Amy Smarts for forever, but what if they like came back and did it like ten years? Like they did a ten year later sequel. I, you be want the before trilogy, but with the Just yeah. Friends characters? <laughs> yeah. I'm on board for that. Yes. Uh, here's the thing. I'm on board for it. Samantha becomes like a Lady Gaga level. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And we get like a get her to the Greek movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Dusty is her like guitarist in her band and it's about them falling in love. Oh my God, but then he dies of cancer. Uh, 
<laughs> here, here's what I'm thinking. I want like a behind the music of her. Yes. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a mockumentary. That would be amazing. So this week, Paige made us watch Just Friends. What are we watching next week? Next week, we have a bit of a special episode. Yeah. I know we're thick into Christmas. We're in the thickest part of Christmas. Oh, it's real um, thick. No, we're like pre-Christmas. Like, But we're going... We're going to go long and we're going to go hard on Christmas. Oh, I'm yeah. here for it. I am here for all 12 days of Christmas. Um, <laughs> but we're going to take a short, a, a tiny detour. A reprieve, you might say. A, a reprieve because we have a special guest next week. Yes. And for that special guest, we're going to be watching Twilight. Yeah. The first Twilight. I'm so excited. I've seen this movie before. It is bonkers and I can't wait to talk about it. I've only seen the first two. And I've only seen them once. Uh, so first of all, the second one's the funniest one. But the first <laughs> one's still pretty hilarious. I have seen Twilight. I've seen, I don't know that I've seen the last one, but I've definitely seen the first one. I've read all the books. Our guest read the book for the first time this past month and saw the movie for the first time this week. Oh my so, God. Like, it is her first time. I cannot wait. So I am so excited to talk about it. Yeah. Can we talk about who it is? Sure. So next week, we will have Jackie Zabrowski from Page 7 joining us for Twilight. I am so excited. You guys have no <laughs> idea. This is going to be great. It's going to be so great. Yeah. I am super excited. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have so much fun, and I can't wait for you guys to listen. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, I can't wait. All right, guys. So this week, your homework is to get wine drunk and watch the first Twilight movie. I think per Jackie's request, get White Claw drunk oh. and watch yeah. Twilight while eating hot dogs if you can. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Uh, No. All right. Well, while you okay. get a review, let me tell you how they can have their review right on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review on Apple iTunes. And, you know, Mikey will read it on the podcast. It is that simple. So this one is from Glenn Coco 1993. Oh, Glenn Coco. <laughs> you go, Glenn Coco. <laughs> Uh, the title Four is... Four for you, Glenn Coco. <laughs> <laughs> the title is As You Wish. Aww, Aww. That means I love you. She says, you asked for review, so I'll be the Wesley to your buttercup. Ooh, I like where this is going. I had to pause the Fifty Shades episode because the volume of my laughter was horrifically inappropriate <laughs> for a workplace setting. Same. <laughs> Same, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and my coworkers already think I'm a little off. <laughs> Same Tears of laughter and side cramps around in every episode And I can't live without you guys Aww. In the most non-Christian way <laughs> Wait, hold on I can't live without you guys In the most non-Christian gray way possible <laughs> <laughs> Paige and Todd, you guys are awesome But sexy monocle Mikey What? A special place in my heart Oh, wow <laughs> Ooh. Did we get a love connection here in the reviews? <laughs> love at first sight. I did not read that until I got to it. I am blushing. Uh, <laughs> keep being sappy, which I think is to me probably. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And it says Courtney. She left her real name? Yeah. Oh, I love this. We got to find Courtney. Courtney, if you would yeah. reach out and uh, <laughs> we'll see if we can get you on the upcoming season of Love at First Sight. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. This monocle's for you, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> and none for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for that amazing five-star review. And guys, if you want to have your review run on the podcast and or your chance to be on a Love at First Sight with Mikey, leave us that five-star review. <laughs> So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So, guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. Uh, so that's going to be it for us this week. I'm Paige. And I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd, guys. And you complete us. To completion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Laters, babies. Oh. Forgiveness oh. is more than making podcasts. Podcast, podcast, podcast. <laughs> I wrote you every day for a year. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was these songs. <laughs> <laughs>